to Raising HSC, a podcast designed for parents with students in Hamilton Southeastern schools. Each episode, you'll hear from different staff and teachers, and they'll share with you helpful tips, information that your student can use, and a few parenting hacks, because together, we're Raising HSE. everyone. I'm Brooke Lawson, the Mental Health and School Counseling Coordinator, and I'm fortunate enough to be hosting a multi-part series with Allison Edwards. If you missed our first two episodes with Allison, just as a refresher, she's a child psychotherapist, best-selling author, and national touring speaker. And Allison and I are going to talk to you a little bit about parenting anxious children today. So welcome, Allison. Thank you. Let's just start talking a little bit about like, can parents make a kid anxious? Um, Anxiety is two parts, really. It's genetic for a lot of people. And I know that um, when we look at our own parents, sometimes we like to say, oh, yes, I I think just like, you know, my mother or father. Um, But a lot of this is, uh, especially with generalized anxiety, it's just hardwired. And so kids will come into the world with just just the way they think. And that is um, through a lens of negativity. And that is really hard to be an anxious kid and to come in and sort of see fear around every corner. And that is not something that we've done as parents. Um, It's just the way that they're wired. And I think if you have anxiety in your family, it's good to be aware that your child might also struggle and to not to be prepared for it and not surprised by it. And a lot of times people you know, they say, oh, I I hope my kids are happy. I hope my kids don't struggle like I did. But I think what's a better thing to focus on is, is really that there can be early intervention. I think a lot of us as parents now, we didn't have early intervention. We just kind of got through. We didn't really know what to call it. And now we have more information about it. So, um, so I, people have said before, anxiety is contagious. Mm-hmm. And I will say that if your child is already predisposed to anxiety and you're an anxious person, it can increase anxiety if it's not managed. And so that really puts us, um, that puts, you know, some uh, accountability on us as parents is, you know, how are we managing our own anxiety? And if our child is already predisposed and we aren't managing our own anxiety, it can be difficult for them. And so um, also I think just modeling mental health, just being a healthy person. I think, you know, we talk a lot about eating the right foods um, for kids, modeling healthy eating, modeling, you know, exercise. But I, we need to model emotional health and really how do we manage big feelings and how do we take care of ourselves emotionally. I used to talk with parents about how like we are our kids' biggest role model, right? Like they learn everything from us. And so if we yell and scream when we're angry, if we worry about every little thing, like they're watching and they're listening all the time. And so it's really, really important that that us parents use those skills and strategies. So, you know, if I've noticed I've got an anxious kid, um, what are some of like those do's and don'ts um, that I should be considering as I'm parenting them? This is an interesting question. And I think it's really hard as a parent because what is helpful is what is not really natural or or is an instinct for a, a parent. 
Um, when kids are anxious, they want us to fix the problem. So let's we talked about triggers in this last episode where the trigger is the event that they're afraid of. And so when kids are afraid of something they or something feels uncomfortable to them, they want us to fix it. And as parents, we often fall in that role of fixing things for our kids. And with anxiety, that is not what you want to do. Uh, what you want to do is help them manage the feeling. And so... When a child comes to you, for example, and says, I want to quit soccer. I don't like it. I don't want to be there. I want to quit the team. I don't know anybody on the field. The coach doesn't like me. I want you to fix it so I don't have to be uncomfortable. What we need to do as parents is is say, let's talk about what the fear is and how can you manage? What are you afraid of at soccer? And you kind of go through identifying the feeling and then say, how can you manage that fear? How can I support you? But not how can I remove the fear? Because when we remove the fear we um, and remove the trigger, we don't allow our children to do the hard thing. And so as parents, we need to not bail them out of these problems. And I know that, you know, um, I get lots of requests for uh from parents for me to write letters to get their kids into <laughs> different classes, or um, I get this a lot with high school, you know, kids going to college, can you, can you write a letter so I get a private room? Mm-hmm. Can you write a letter? You know, there's lots of this, I, I'm uncomfortable, so I want you to do something that's gonna make me more comfortable. And my job is to say, I'll help you manage, you know, the fear or the uncomfortable emotions of this. But, um, but if you have a, a I said this last night in my talk, if you have a a drafted email to the school to request a teacher for next year, I would encourage you to delete it because Mm -hmm. that's not serving your child. Um, Your child is going to have teachers that aren't great, that maybe isn't a good fit. One day they will have a boss who's the same way. Mm -hmm. And you learn early on how to deal with people that maybe aren't the best fit for you. So Mm -hmm. um, go beneath the, the, problem or what they're asking you to fix to the feeling and help them manage it is the, mm-hmm. is the best thing to do. I love that. I, I often, um, have conversation about too, like, I love that you said, focus on the feeling, not the problem, right? Because there oftentimes when there is a problem, there are these things like, like that coach who doesn't like the kid, like, well, the coach's feelings about the child are a little out of the child's control, right? Like, and so having a lot of conversation around like what's in my control. And so I'll do a lot of the bullseye circle, right? Like in my control versus out of my control. And really all, all we can help our kids control is themselves. Right. And so if we focus on that feeling and we learn, we teach them to manage it, that's, that's so important. So don't avoid the problem. That's important. I think that's really important. What are some other things um, as a parent that you might recommend if you've got an anxious child? These are some things that you should or maybe should not do. So I think it's important to, as you're supporting them um, through, say that they're, let's just take soccer as an example. They're going to the game that morning. Do not talk about the game before the game. If they're anxious about it, if you, we talked about an emotional tank in another episode where that means that you're full emotionally. So a lot of times when, you're, when your child is anxious, you want to talk a lot about it. Mm-hmm. You're, and so you want to talk about, okay, so if you get to soccer today and this kid is not there, what are you going to do? And it overwhelms them. So when you're already full, you don't need anything else. So I would encourage you 
to not talk about, not don't bring up the fear or the anxiety or don't bring up the strategies before ahead of time. Just if there's a, for example, school, a child doesn't want to go to school on the way to school, you're not talking about school. You're listening to a fun song that they like. Mm-hmm. You're talking about, hey, when you get home tonight. But there's already anxiety is fear of the future. And when you're moving towards the future, that triggering event, anxiety will increase. So during that time, you don't want to do anything to increase it. So that's something that parents a lot say a lot to me is, well, we talked about going to school all the way to school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, don't talk about school all the way to school. Listen to a song, talk about something else. And then when you get to school, um, do not show up early. This is something that a lot of times we think if we show up early and sit in the parking lot and talk about it, it's going to get better. Mm -hmm. That is not helpful. So you show up right when it starts. So there isn't time to think about it. And you want to have like during a school day, you want to show up. If a child doesn't want to go to school, you want to show up when all the kids are going in. So there's the chances of your child seeing a friend are greater. Mm-hmm. So this is these are things that you can do to support your child. Is just think about what is going to get them from point A to point B. So point A is where you are and point B is the triggering event. And in most cases, what you can do is not fill the tank anymore. The tank is full. Mm-hmm. So on the way to school saying, "Let's do a let's do a breathing activity." No. <laughs> let's listen to a fun song yeah. um so those are things that aren't natural most of the time we think if we show up early and we talk to our kids a lot it's going to help them with anxiety it doesn't that does not help i i think i've been guilty of that before to just like i think i'm i'm helping but um I've actually noticed like we have a playlist now when uh, that we listen to for when we're going to things that might make us a little nervous. So I love that. I'm, I'm thinking about structure and routine and just the importance of that for all kids. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about the importance of that for maybe the anxious child or why, what that might need to look like for them? So because anxiety is fear of the future, if you don't know what the future is going to be, you start to panic. And so one of the strategies I teach um, parents is structure the unstructured. Mm -hmm. And so school is usually a good thing for kids because they know what's coming. So you get, you know, aside from the first week or so of school, you get into the routine and that's actually comforting because you know what's happening. So the structure of the school day when you pick kids up from school, the structure's gone. And even in the evening, if you structure it, um, a lot of times it's never going to be a structure to school. And so one thing to think about is anxious kids like structure and to try to structure those times, um, especially weekends where kids wake up, you know, at seven o'clock on a Saturday morning and say, I don't know what to do. I'm bored. And you're like, it's Saturday. <laughs> Just have fun. Um, so structuring those times for kids and you can, you don't have to do anything special. You can just say, you know, on a whiteboard, I like to just put them on a whiteboard and just our calendar in a, in a common area, like a kitchen and say, okay, you're going to wake up at seven and you're going to play with your toys. And then at eight, you're going to have breakfast and you just structure it. So a kid knows what's coming. It's interesting how, when you teach kids, this as they get older, they will structure their own time. So on Saturday, What if we go to the park at 12? Great. What if we, you know, Mm -hmm. so you start structuring that. Um, It's important to let kids know what's coming. But I also will say with an anxious kid, do not give them too much notice for something like a doctor's appointment. Mm -hmm. When you schedule it, do not tell your child in three weeks, you're going to go get your shots for school. Mm -hmm. Tell them the day of. 
because there's three weeks to build anxiety. So structure the common events and make sure that the child knows what's happening. When there's an uh, anxiety provoking event, do not give them too much notice because they will create a story and that story will be negative and terrible and awful. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's something that just to know is that too much time for an anxious kid is not good. I like that. Is there such a thing as like overstructure? There is, I think, um, I think there is overstructure. I think that a lot of times if you're anxious about time, which a lot of us have to be because we have to get out the door and get our kids out the door in the morning and have to also go to work. So I understand, but I think sometimes when you have these very rigid things, it the, the tone is that it's not relaxed for kids. And so I, mornings are really hard for most families. It's so hard. And so um, I try to encourage parents to get up earlier than you normally. If you're stressed about the morning, get up earlier so that you're relaxed before mm-hmm. you see your kids. The tone you set in the morning, if you're stressed, if you're anxious about getting out the door and people are, you don't know where the backpacks are and the breakfast is, hasn't been eaten. That sets the tone for a child who's already anxious about the day. So what I would encourage you, those moments that you have with your kids, try to be, there There can be a calm presence in a structure. So mm-hmm. we are going to eat breakfast, but we're also going to talk for a minute and I'm not going to be running around. And it to me, that's, that's a really important time of day for anxious kids um, after school, they've already done the thing, the hard thing. And so they seem to be more relaxed, but the morning there's a lot of apprehension of what's coming. And then if the home is stressed too, it's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause emotions are contagious, they right? Are. Yeah. <laughs> they are, they? Right. If you're having a stressful morning, your kids are all, they're having a stressful morning too. They take that mm-hmm. into their day. Um, I'm wondering a little bit as you were talking about, like, let, like kind of avoid, the prep and the the conversation about the triggering event. So let's say the triggering event is like tests, right? And like, we don't want to necessarily like, especially with our kind of secondary age kids, right? We want to prepare them to prepare for the test um, and to study. So I'm just wondering, like, you know, if the, if the triggering event is schoolwork or tests, like, how do we balance that? You know, anxiety can be really healthy in, in small doses, and kids who are anxious typically about school do really well in school because they're afraid not to, and so it can be a good thing to to have that healthy dose of anxiety of, oh, I have a test coming up, I need to study, I need to be on time, I need to be able to think, but um, what's important is to not let it take over your life, and something that a strategy I teach kids is called brain plate And I say that your brain is like a dinner plate. And if you were to put a week's worth of food on your plate and and have to eat it in one sitting, you would get sick. And your brain is meant for one day at a time. And Mm. your stomach is meant for three meals a day. And if you put more on your plate, on your brain plate, than one day at a time, you're you're not going to feel well. And this really breaks it down for kids. I just take kind of a paper plate and I make sections and I'll say, what's on your plate today? And so if you have a test on Friday and today is Wednesday, you would study for the test. That's on your plate. But the test itself is not on your plate till Friday. Mm-hmm. And it helps kids really understand that you you can prepare without being overwhelmed. And this happens for lots of academic things. I know end of the year testing and there's all kinds of things that come up for especially high school kids and standardized tests and ACT and SAT. And 
what you want to do is just say like you can you can prepare today that's what you focus on but actually test itself you do not it's not on your plate till that day and i think one of the things that actually during covid and it was a very high stress time for all of us that's the the tool i used every day myself is what is on my plate today mm-hmm. and that really sorts it out what can i focus on and it's interesting because for anxious kids they there's never idle time. It's always the next thing. And this really helps them see the like, on a Saturday, what is on my plate today? Oh, wow. I don't have school today. Let's put some other things on my plate. And it's it's just a really good strategy, especially anxiety is so future-based that it helps kids really look at it and say, wow. Actually, most of the time I do this with kids, 90% of the time they say, oh, wow, I can do this. I can do this. This is this is all I have today. I can handle it. It's the next day and the next day and the five years from now mm-hmm. that they can't handle. And we're not supposed to handle it. it yeah. It's just, it's not possible. You mentioned kind of um, anxiety being the fear of the future. And I'm just thinking about, and I'm, I'm wondering if we have any um, parents listening, thinking about their kids that have been through so much over the past couple of years, right? COVID has taken a lot of things from kids. um, And we're in this, like, I think kind of like coming out of this pandemic. I don't know. I don't know where we're at, really. Um, But I wonder, I'm wondering what advice you might have for parents who are feeling really worried, right? That COVID took a lot from their kids, and they just want them to have all those experiences back. And they're worried, um, worried about their children and their mental health. I think we're all worried about kids' mental health, right? Like, I'm just wondering if you have any last bits of advice. We're about ready to, to wrap this session up. What, what advice would you give parents who are in that place? I mean, I think, I think for all of us, I mean, we went through COVID together as a as whole culture. So I think, you know, what I've learned myself and what I've seen from kids is that we built emotional muscles we didn't even know we'd need. Mm-hmm. And we did it. And I know, you know, we still are worried about whether we'll go back mm-hmm. to the way things were. But I think um, I said this last night. I, If anyone would have told me what was coming um, in March of 2020, I would have never thought I could do it. Mm-hmm. And I did it. And everyone else did it, too. And I think while it wasn't ideal, there are things that we learned about ourselves that um, that are important. And I like to say that, you know, what we go through and the struggles are actually going to, they're going to benefit us later. And I, I do think there have been kids that have missed out. I think about kids who were trying to get college scholarships and their seasons were coming up in the mm-hmm. spring and they didn't get, some kids did not get scholarships because they were, needed those seasons to go to college. And I, they'd worked so hard. And I remember sitting with a kid and and he just cried. And he's like, you know, he was over Zoom, of course. He's like, I I can't play baseball. And this was my ticket. And I remember just the grief. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we all went through it together. And I know that it was harder on some kids than others. But I will say that, you know, it, this kid will, this will help him in some way. And that's what I said to him this we don't understand how but it will help in some way because you were you are going to be these muscles and this pain that you've gone through it's going to help you down the road and um so 
Also, I think the fear, you know, you empathize with the loss for sure, but you also move ahead and, and you take what lessons you've learned. And I think we've all learned some very, like, like I said, lessons we didn't think we'd ever have to learn, yeah. you know, how to work Zoom, <laughs> you know, how to, how to, you know, I'm a play therapist and I have a therapy dog and I have a room full of toys. How do I do play therapy over a screen? You know, mm-hmm. we all learn these things and now I, I know how to do it. Right. And um, so that's that's sort of what I would say about it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time, Allison. Um, this wraps up our third session of a four part series featuring Allison Edwards. Be on the lookout for new episodes in the coming weeks and make sure that you subscribe to Raising HSE so you don't miss anything. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. We have more great content planned for future podcasts. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss Raising HSE.